everyone and you are very welcome back to Girl Squad The Squadcast. This is episode number three and in this episode I would like to share some thoughts with you around Christmas time. So I put up a story on my Instagram and I asked people what would they like me to talk about in a podcast and I suggested a few topics and a kind of Christmas survival guide was the most popular. So I wrote a blog on this two years ago on my website and um, I thought it would be a nice timely topic to talk about um, because Christmas means different things to many, many people and over the, over the whole world people cele- celebrate Christmas in different ways and they have different traditions. So I guess as the year draws to an end lots of people are rushing around and spending money and young kids are excited at the imminent arrival of Father Christmas. So there is a lovely sense of joy in the air. I recently went into the city centre to do some shopping and there was a real buzz around the Christmas lights and people rushing around in the cold and it's always a lovely time. With that being said I'm also very aware as a therapist that there are lots of people in the world who find Christmas quite difficult and I think if you're part of a family then I think you are in that bracket where sometimes Christmas can be quite difficult because not every family celebrates Christmas um, in the way that sometimes society portrays it. So just before I go into families and how Christmas means different things to different people. I suppose I'm just kind of reflecting on my own, on the year that's gone really. And personally for me, Christmas is a time for me to be quite insular. So I tend to kind of batten down the hatches if you like. And I tend to kind of withdraw into a little cocoon at home. Um, so once work is finished... I I love to meet my friends, I meet all my favourite people and we go and have hot chocolates and we too enjoy the lights and have a catch up and get excited about um, people coming home and I have friends who have children and they get so excited about Father Christmas too. So it's a lovely time for me with my friends to catch up. But I also like a lot of time and a lot of space by myself and Christmas is probably the only time that I would allow myself to probably indulge in a lie-in past 10 o'clock in the morning um, and maybe spend more than than two days in my pyjamas and just kind of laying around watching movies, reading some books, listening to podcasts and for me that's just how I I suppose how I fill up my well so if you think of the analogy of having a a well full of water and giving to different people in your life so obviously relationships are reciprocal and um, it, it works both ways so I give in my relationships and people who I'm in relationship with give back to me so I always try and keep my well sticking with that analogy um quite full and I find at this time of year the water in my well becomes almost empty and I'm running on empty so before I get to that place I always like to take some time out and Christmas is that time for me. 
so I generally do spend time with friends and family and then as I said I like to step away and just kind of do some things by myself um, I sometimes maybe go to a spa or head away for a night and just kind of recharge the batteries ready to come back in the new year so thinking of Christmas and in terms of a survival guide or things to be aware of um, I guess for me I've always been aware of how Christmas is painted I suppose as a picture particularly in society or how it's it's kind of been viewed in consumerism or commercialism and people spending money and uh, the commercialization or the televisation of Christmas and I'm sure everybody would be in agreement that when we see the ads on TV so you know big supermarket brands they tend to have a lovely long table with you know 10 or 12 chairs and a massive turkey and all the trimmings and family looking so happy and in some way I think we subconsciously digest that and think that's how we have to be at Christmas and I guess if if that is not how you're doing it then maybe you may feel like you're on the outskirts. There are so many people who are in inverted commas on the outskirts of what a typical Christmas should look like um, because maybe they're not doing what the ads on television are telling us or what the Christmas movies are telling us. Um, so there are so many people that just won't be having this sit-down meal with family. Um, there are people who may have family abroad, people who may have bereavements around Christmas time, people who may themselves be going away, people who don't have a family, people who are homeless, um, people who are living in family hubs, people who, you know, people who just have different circumstances. Um who won't be doing the traditional Christmas and who won't have the maybe happy, joyous Christmas that they would like to have and that is portrayed in society and then on the TV. So just because people aren't doing Christmas in the way that they feel like they should be, it doesn't necessarily mean that there's something wrong or that they don't have to succumb to the pressures that society puts on people so things like having to have the latest clothes for your child or having to have the best gifts for your partner or um, you know having to have the best dress at your Christmas party um, some people just don't like to do anything some people don't you know some people don't go to their Christmas parties um, some people are dreading Christmas because Christmas can be a really, really time of, of triggering people into maybe trauma or bringing up bad memories from childhood Christmases. So I think there's a lot of pressure on, on people to succumb to the perfect Christmas. And I think it's not really talked about so much. Like I've not seen an ad on television that would probably portray a very accurate description of what Christmas actually is like in people's homes. 
because usually there is maybe an aunt or a relative or an uncle who's probably drank too much and falls down. There's probably an outspoken grandmother or grandfather or auntie or uncle or sister or brother that would say the wrong thing. Um, there could be some sibling in the family who is not being involved because they either have mental health or addiction so they've probably been estranged or excluded from the family. There could be family members who are in different countries because they're away for work. There could be single parent families um, and lots of different situations. And then I think there probably are people who are just lonely, lonely at Christmas. So people who, you know, maybe single parents who have to share their Christmas with their children. So maybe one parent gets the children in the morning and the other parent gets children in the evening. And the loneliness of not seeing those children for the half of the day um, could be triggering for, for a parent. Um, as I said, some parents may have children abroad and they're not coming home for Christmas. Um, some people have bereavements around Christmas and there's nothing like Christmas to bring up old trauma or old, old grief or even new grief. So Christmas can be a funny time of year and I find that the reality of people's lived, lived experience of Christmas is very different than the portrayed, uh, those Christmases that are portrayed in festive adverts as I've said and the spirit of Christmas in the adverts is good but I'm not sure it, it portrays an accurate description of what life is really like for people. So Christmas can be quite a time when it's very in your face and everybody's wondering who's doing what and where are you going and um, there's a lot of pressure as I said to spend money or to do the right thing and I remember years ago I worked in Childline, the listening service for the ISPCC and Christmas is usually the busiest day in Childline because so many young children don't have maybe people in their lives who they can turn to on Christmas day or the calls to child line usually reach about a thousand calls on that day and that doesn't account for the unanswered calls to child line. Um, so this outlines that if that's the busiest day of the year then it's not the same for every child and it's not the same for every family and I think it's really important to just trust that how you celebrate Christmas is okay if that's what suits you how many of us feel like we have to go to a certain family so if we have to go to a member of our family or we have to go to our in-laws or we have to go to cousins or grandparents and we feel like we have to crack under that pressure just to make the family picture look okay I'm very aware that not not everybody does that and most people choose to go so I'm probably talking, I, I don't know if I'm talking about the, the majority, but I'm not sure it's the minority either. I would say it's probably an even balance. It's probably about 50-50 or 60-40 um, because I don't believe that everybody has the same Christmas and I don't believe that there are nobody out, no, there is nobody out there who doesn't dread some element of Christmas either because of the money that they don't have and they have to spend or it brings up, as I've said, any of the things in the in the previous things that I've said, like addiction or grief or mental health. They always just seem to be a little bit more highlighted at Christmas because 
it's a time when family is emphasised and it's there's no other time of the year when, when there's so much focus on family. And I think family is such a triggering thing for people. And there's no time like Christmas to bring that out. And it's not always full of festive cheer and silent nights for most people. Um, so I suppose it's just to be aware of what works for you and doing what feels right for you. Um, and if you feel like you want to do Christmas your way, then that's okay. There's no pressure to, like, if you think of what are you sacrificing to make sure you have the perfect Christmas. Are you sacrificing your own well-being to put yourself in a situation where you have to be in the company of somebody or something that you just don't want to be around? And I know for most people who are living in sobriety, so maybe people who would have had addictions and have given up the substance that they used, Christmas can be such a triggering time because there's so much emphasis on alcohol. And with Christmas parties, people buying trays of drink and alcohol. So it can be such a triggering time for people who don't drink because they have an addiction to it. Um, and sometimes I think this is forgotten about because we kind of lose the run of ourselves and think, oh, it's Christmas and I'll have a drink and, you know, oh, have a drink, have a drink. And if you're the one saying, well, I'm actually not going to have a drink, then maybe some people might have an issue with that. So again, it's just to be aware if you are sober this year and you're struggling to stay sober hang in there and keep pushing ahead because Christmas will be over in like it's one day it's 24 hours um and when we really just pair it all back to you know the tradition of Christmas it really is just one day it's just 24 hours but we obviously as a society start celebrating it at the end of August which is insane in some ways um, and then obviously it gets more and more celebrated as the time goes on so once December hits then we've got Christmas parties and shops start advertising their Christmas sales and all that kind of stuff so the reality is that it is just one day and I think for anybody who is trying to continue with their sobriety then it's really important that you keep pushing ahead and you know that that drink that you're feeling pressured to take don't do it because your sobriety is not going to uh, benefit from that and you will look back and think why didn't I do it so maybe go to a meeting or call your sponsor or do something that is going to be good for you um, and don't take that drink that you're feeling like you need to because society is pressuring you into if you're supporting somebody who is in sobriety then it's really important that you keep encouraging them to stay sober and get to meetings um, because I think to take a drink at Christmas because of the pressure it's just not going to do you any good in the new year you're going to really really be beating yourself up because you took a drink in the spirit of Christmas and festive cheer so I really just think it's important that we acknowledge people who are on a journey and trying to stay sober or trying to look after their mental health in a time of the year when there's so much emphasis on family, there's so much emphasis on alcohol. So I just wanted to say that, you know, because that's something that I see as a therapist. Um, you know, people who are really trying to stay on a path that they could easily be let off just because it's Christmas. So just some other thoughts that I have on Christmas. Um, I remember a few years ago, probably about seven years ago, I uh, got a phone call from a lady that I know and at the time she was probably in her 80s 
um, early 80s and I pick up the phone and she said, oh, hi, Kim, there's nothing wrong. I'm just really lonely. And she asked me, had I got five minutes to chat? And I said, of course. I was really relieved that she wasn't in trouble, but um, I could really hear the pain of loneliness in her voice. Um, she was missing her family who were abroad and the prospect of her facing Christmas night on her own was just really unbearable for her. So we started off talking and an hour and a half later we were still on the phone and we laughed together, we cried and she even sang a few Christmas songs for me. Um, so it was around half nine when we ended our chat and it was almost her bedtime and she was delighted with that because the night was gone. And I'll always remember that Christmas night with fondness that she chose to call me and ask me could I give her some time. And I had some, I was in company with some people and I just left the room um, for what I thought was going to be five minutes. But happily it turned into an hour and a half and I'm glad I had that time to give to her. So I've, I've met her in the lead up to Christmas every year since that time. And she always brings me some chocolates and a Christmas card, which is so sweet. And I met with her last week and true to form, she had a big old box of chocolates for me. And she said something to me that I never knew until then, until last Christmas. We were just talking and she was reflecting on that night seven years ago. And she just said, you know, Kim, I felt like I spent that Christmas night with you. And for me, I had no idea that that meant so much to her. Because for me, it was, you know, I was like, yeah, I'll take five minutes to talk. But it was what it meant for her, you know. So I always try and just keep a few minutes, at least an hour or so free on Christmas Eve, Christmas night um, in the evening time just in case she or even I maybe I need to, to reach out and have a chat with somebody so I always make sure I keep an hour free in the evening time or keep my phone close by in case I get a, a text to say can I have a chat um, so I think it's really important again to just remember people that we have in our lives that might not have the, the setup that we have so they might not have a family or you know, they might be away from home or they might be living in a really difficult situation um, and they don't celebrate Christmas in the way that it's traditionally celebrated. So if you have somebody in your life or if you're thinking of somebody at Christmas time and you're thinking I should text them or I should give them a call, but I have to do this Christmas shopping first, maybe call them or text them and just check in and see how they are because Christmas can be an incredibly lonely time for so many people. And I think it's really important that we keep that in mind and for ourselves as well. If you yourself are feeling lonely or you're struggling with grief, it's really important that you reach out also because, you know, we're all human at the end of the day. And I think, as I've said already, you know, feelings that we have like grief and loneliness are no more elevated than they are at Christmas time. So I think it's really, really important that we make space and we allow ourselves to reach out or make the space for people to reach out to us. So uh, a, an idea might be to just, if you have a friend or a couple of friends that you can ask them, you know, is it okay if I ring you at Christmas? Christmas Eve might be a difficult time for you or Christmas night be a difficult time. Maybe New Year's Eve or New Year's night is a difficult time. So it might be good to just check in with a couple of friends and say, look, is it OK if I text you if I need to reach out? Can I just send you a text and maybe just give me five or ten minutes on the phone? Or maybe you want to give your number to somebody and say, look, 
you know, I'll have a few minutes on Christmas morning if you want to have a chat or vice versa. So I think it's really important that we just remember each other and, you know, reach out and make that time and make that space. And nobody is ever alone at Christmas time. We might feel like we're alone, um, but the reality is that there's so many people that feel the same way as you do, but it's just not talked about as much probably. So if you're struggling to get through the holiday season, it might be difficult to believe that there are other people in a similar situation. You might not know or meet these people, but sometimes it just helps to remember that you're not alone in your struggle and this too will pass, so just keep hanging in there. So as I've said, Christmas is, it's 12 hours, um, so the whole Christmas day is 12 hours, so all you have to do is get through the 12 hours, one hour at a time. So if you're in a situation where you have to be in company that you don't want to be, maybe space your day out. Um, if you can, get out for a walk in the morning time. I always go to the beach um, and I love watching the swimmers. I haven't been brave enough to join the Christmas morning swim, but I'm working on it. So maybe next year. Um, but I like to just watch the Christmas swimmers at the beach. I'll get a quick walk in and then I'll do what I do. I'll meet, meet people that I that I always see at Christmas, family and friends, and then I'll get on with my day. But it really helps me to just think that Christmas is just one day, it's 12 hours. You know, it's from Christmas Eve to, to Christmas night, it's 24 hours. So when you, when you put it down into small segments, it might be easier to manage. And I personally have always found the benefit in the idea of taking things one day at a time. And I find that really helpful at Christmas more so than ever. Um, because it's so easy to get caught up in projecting you know at the beginning of December projecting into what am I going to do at Christmas what will I have money will you know will I not have money all this kind of stuff and the isolation can creep up on people um so I suppose it's kind this is this podcast is kind of like a Christmas survival kit um and it's important to also know that there's so many services and support groups that operate right up to and over Christmas so if you need them avail of them so places like the Samaritans they open on Christmas most counselling therapy centres like the place I work in will be open right up until the Monday before Christmas Eve um, lots of helplines run 24 hour services um, as I said reach out to your friends ask your friends can you text if you need to talk ringing a helpline if you need to talk, getting out for a walk, reminding yourself that this too shall pass, it's only 12 hours. Just holding the memory and the fact that there are other people in the world, somebody somewhere else in the world is going through the same struggle that you're going through with Christmas. And just because you're not having the kind of Christmas that you know everybody else is having, that's okay, that doesn't make you any less than anybody else. And if you are having the kind of Christmas that, that society portrays, then that is also really, really good. And it's also good to know that there are people in the world who can celebrate Christmas in a really lovely way. And Christmas is not necessarily a triggering time. And, you know, most most people who have children are able to enjoy Christmas um, because they have children. And in the spirit of Christmas, the children are there and they obviously take away the 
the struggle or seeing their faces on Christmas morning after Father Christmas had been, people would usually say, oh, well, it was all worth it. So I hope that everybody has a lovely, lovely Christmas. And I hope that this podcast was helpful or useful to some people. And please, please reach out if you need to reach out and avail of the services that I mentioned. Check the websites, go onto Google, write down some things that you can do if you need to um, reach out on Christmas Day. But just trust that you're not alone and that it's just one day. And before you know it, Christmas will be over. A new year will be on the horizon and things will be a okay. So happy Christmas, everybody. Thank you.